there. Welcome to Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week, I'm torturing Scott. Yay! Oh, yay. <laughs> We've got another musical, folks. And if you've listened to this show before, you know there's two things that Frankie likes to do. Listen and watch musicals and piss Scott off. <laughs> so we're going to do, we have a two for one today. Oh, uh, well, actually, it's a three for one because we have a special guest with us. This is a returning guest on Shoot the Flick. He's probably regretting all of his decisions all the way back to when he first met us, but that's okay. <laughs> um, we have the incomparable Antonio of the Cult Worthy Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? So happy you're back with us. Okay, so I'm happy to be back. And it's it's funny, like, I don't know. We said this on my episode that I just recorded with you guys on Popeye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the musical. I love you guys, but we have, like, this undertone of contempt towards each other <laughs> because we keep pushing the envelope of how shitty we can get with the movies we show each other. We started off good. Like, I did Warriors with you guys. Great movie. I love it. Yes, that was fun. And then we just got worse. Yeah. We did the Apple and Xanadu on mine, then the Wiz on yours, and now we just did Popeye, and now we're doing Grease 2. It's like, what? <laughs> oh, God, yes. Grease 2, released in 1982. This is going to be fun, guys. I'm actually really excited. <laughs> I see this as a so bad it's good. I don't know about you guys, but... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Crickets. <laughs> um okay so let's just because i want to find out antonio what your history is with this movie and scott's never seen it before but i want to also know what you knew about it going in so let's start with antonio what when did you last see grease 2 before this yeah, before this it, it's probably been a decade or so fun <laughs> i saw it early enough to know that it was something to avoid unless something like this came up where i'm like oh yeah i guess i'm watching grease 2 <laughs> but to be fair Frankie, when you gave me a list of movies to watch, I did pick this one because I felt it was penance for me for making you sit through the Xanadu Apple double feature. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit of like self-flagellation on my part. We're like, I deserve this, right? And oh, God. the punishment was too great. <laughs> to be fair, though, I feel like the funnest episodes are the ones where we're like, like trying to get through it. <laughs> Right, right. Like the Apple and Xanadu was a hell of a double feature, <laughs> but it was really fun to record that. It was. It was. It's like therapy, right? <laughs> yeah. We had to talk that out. <laughs> but uh, Scotty, what did you know about the infamous Grease 2 before we watched it going in? Um, I knew it was Michelle Pfeiffer's like first movie. Yes. Mm. I knew it has a weird reputation of either being hated or loved by people. Yeah, there is a strange subset of people that believe that Grease 2 is better, actually, than the original, which, listen, as much as we talk shit about movies, you know, everyone can like what they like. Right. I can even understand people enjoying Grease 2 for the camp of it, right? But better than Grease, I don't know. I don't know if I could go sign that, man. No, no, just no. I think it's like what we talked about on the My Popeye episode. There's people that just want to burn the world down. You know, like the Joker <laughs> in in a Dark Knight. <laughs> they just want to see the world burn. They want to be 
you know, against the systems. Like everyone likes Greece. Fuck you. I like Greece too. It's the best. That's what I think. No, I also knew the song Cool Rider, but I didn't know it was from this movie. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. When that song started, you're like, wait, this song is from this movie? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it was like very confused. Michelle Pfeiffer straddling a ladder and he didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so basically, a lot of the B squad and C squad from Greece came together to make this movie. I believe it was supposed to be after this. It was supposed to be like two more movies and then like a series. It was supposed to be a whole thing. And then this bombed like terribly. And they were like, nah, scrap it. Forget it. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, like the choreographer from the original Grease directed the movie. I think a couple of the people that wrote the music came back to do songs and the composer came back. It, yeah, we're going to talk about the music. Um <laughs> There's a lot going on in this movie. But uh, the film was nominated for a Stinker's Bad Movie Award for Worst Picture. It completely shit the bed on the budget. But I think it also wasn't helped that it came out the same day as E.T., which is like the biggest movie ever that year, especially in the the 80s. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. So that didn't help. Do we see this as a so bad it's good? I'm guessing no from your silence before. No. Oh no. And I have a podcast dedicated to so bad they're good movies, yes. right? <laughs> oh yes. We gotta let you plug your shit. Oh yeah, well, that's true. So Cultworthy Cinema Podcast, uh the Cultworthy Classic, The MILF and Me, and my new show Back to the Balcony, which is about Siskel and Ebert reviews. So I love a good bad movie, hence my double feature of the Apple Xanadu. It's like, okay, these were movies that deserved at least a reevaluation, in my opinion. I'm not saying that I'm in love with either of them. We did decide that I liked the apple, but you guys like Xanadu better. That's cool. I I definitely like Xanadu better. I don't. Did you like Xanadu better, Scott? I I did like Xanadu better, but it's a lot closer than. It, yeah, I I it wasn't right a close call for me. Scott was trying to be judicious about it. He was. But yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in that in in that context. The Apple and Xanadu are like standing on the shoulders of giants compared to Grease 2 for me. Like, I see so little redeeming qualities about this movie. And I'm a guy that can find, like, the good in anything. (laughs) So, I mean, hopefully the people that are listening to this haven't actually seen Popeye. But, like, you, you think the songs from the Popeye movie were better than the songs in this? No. So, flashback. Let's go back to my episode. If I can't remember which one comes out first, I think you're, this one will come out before yeah, Popeye. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's fucking Popeye and Keep Grease Keep an eye too. out for both, guys. <laughs> My point was, I thought that Popeye had more redeeming qualities as a film than Grease 2 did. The Both the songs of both movies are shit, but at least these are songs, right? Right. I didn't find any uh, lyrical quality to the songs in Popeye, where this at least tries Okay, so let's see. We found some common ground. It tries. We're okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely some effort. Again, I, I, it is like a B squad situation, and we'll talk about it in more detail as we go through. But um, preliminary fun facts. Let's just breeze through them because I really just want to like rip this thing apart. So it was directed by Patricia Birch, like I said, the choreographer for this movie and for the original Grease. 
It was also written by a guy named Ken Finkelman, which I'm on the fence if that's a real name, but it's fine. (laughs) He also wrote and directed Airplane 2, so we know we're in a good spot. And the script was not completed when shooting began, which also makes a lot of sense when you look at the movie. But just for context, comparing Grease and Grease 2, the original Grease movie soundtrack hit number one on the billboard charts and was like a huge hit right a lot of great bangers in there and the soundtrack for Grease 2 peaked at a, a measly 71 on the billboard charts so yeah we're we're looking at not so great stuff here but it's gonna be fun we're gonna have a good time <laughs> better than watching the movie that's for sure oh and also since we were talking about how Greece was supposed to be a whole big like franchise, right? You know how there was supposed to be a Greece three. They obviously scrapped it. But Scott knows this trivia. What did they make the Greece three script into? Oh, High School Musical. Ah, which we also covered on the show. Thanks Greece two for sucking so bad because then we went to High School <laughs> Musical. Thank God. <laughs> and all its sequels and its TV show and all that other nonsense and Zac Efron. Yeah, true, Zac Efron. That's not so bad. There's a Zac Efron spoiler in my Popeye episode, just so you know. Oh, my God. (laughs) Guys, you have to listen to the Popeye episode. I know. Popeye, what? I don't want to listen to that. No, you do. (laughs) Trust me. It's so good. (laughs) It was very cathartic. It it really was. I got a lot off my chest. (laughs) So, yeah, we can get into the nitty gritty now, I think. Are we ready? Are we prepared mentally to do this? Um, I mean, I've got my notes, but... Honestly, I have no idea what they mean anymore. I've tried to like purge all this shit from my I know. Brain. I literally have so much scribble scrabble <laughs> in my notes, but we're going to try to make sense out of it. Um, we, we literally watched the movie like a week ago and then had to be like, oh, we have to kind of give ourselves reminders. Yeah, it. we like literally went through the whole soundtrack last night. Like, I was not going to watch it again. I watched a couple of YouTube videos of why people like this movie. And I was just like, no, you're wrong. Turned it off. <laughs> no, just no. I know. I think Scott, maybe Scott will give us some intel because I know he's listened to some podcasts about people defending Greece too. I'm curious. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's def- I mean, I'll defend it in some regards, but not that much. Oh, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer is a feminist icon. No, she's. Okay. We're going to. No, I'm sorry. I love Michelle Pfeiffer, but no. Okay. So <laughs> we open our movie uh, in 1961. Rydell High, that's two years post the original Grease. With the longest song. Holy cow. In uh, the world. Yeah, and this is an introduction to the main problem, I think, with the songs in this movie. As a whole, obviously, there are some duds that are more duddy than others. But the main problem with the songs in this is that they're too fucking long. <laughs> like, they all have a perfect stopping point, and then they continue for, like, another two verses and a pre-chorus, and it's like, why are we still here? Well, it's because, here's the thing, I've, I've, I kind of realized with this soundtrack and score with these songs, compared to the first one, these songs are either almost all verse and no chorus, or all chorus and no verse. Like, they yeah. don't make sense as songs, and... Popeye was was worse than that. That's why, like, doing these back to back is like, what the hell? But the difference with those Popeye songs is they were relatively short, right? There was twenty of them, but they were kind of short. These feel like filler. They're padding the movie's oh, runtime yeah. with all these songs that are just garbage. <laughs> yeah, I would say that Grease two songs are longer, 
but like some of them at least are more catchy and memorable and then the Popeye songs are shorter but they're just just yeah they're trash. gobbly like, good. I don't know what you're saying <laughs> I want I want to jump into setting really fast so if that's okay so Rydell High has anyone ever determined what state we're actually in like where's Rydell High know. because it it boggles the mind because obviously it's filmed in California we see palm trees and all that shit like that but then everyone's bringing like 50s guido energy and everyone's got like italian last names like i don't mm -hmm. get it like what i don't understand where this is supposed to be it, it's supposed <laughs> to be in white america don't, don't we know that it's, it's white america <laughs> this is what white kids were like in the 50s i guess i don't know <laughs> if you're a dude you got to speak with a new york accent and ride a motorcycle yeah oh, God. and your, your name's got to rhyme with uh ellie or Edie or uko or <laughs> <laughs> oh my god be italian but not really italian <laughs> right right but yeah we this is our introductory song it's called back to school again i was waiting for them to break out into like what time is it for my school musical too <laughs> but no uh it's yeah it's just a long song sung by the four tops and it's it's fine it's not bad but it's just it's by the time it's over you like want to pull your hair out because it's been forever but it's like a seven-minute introductory song. Where we get to introduce to all the characters that we're going to kind of know throughout this movie. Yeah, and we'll, we'll introduce them in a, in a second. But yeah, the, the song is rough. Scott kept yelling at the TV. He's like, <laughs> okay, end now. <laughs> and then they'd talk for a few minutes. And then it would start up again. He's like, no. <laughs> the best line in this movie is in this song, though. Uh, what's the main greaser's name? Nagarelli. Nagarelli. Johnny Nagarelli. Yeah, Johnny. What are you gonna be when you uh, grow up? <laughs> I actually like the line. <laughs> I'm gonna be I was it, the a burden on society. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, what a what a badass, what a regular James Dean we got going. Best line in the entire movie. You can shut the movie off now and walk <laughs> away. <laughs> All right, so we we meet our pink ladies for the movie. The Pink Ladies are led by Stephanie, who's played by Michelle Pfeiffer, who we mentioned, obviously. Three-time Oscar-nominated actress. Started off in Greece too, poor thing. I think Scarface was only like a year after this. Yeah, Scarface was very shortly after this. So she got over it quick. But apparently <laughs> Pat Benatar was asked to do it, and Debbie Harry, Blondie, was asked to do it as well. But I think she was like, uh, I'm in my 20s i think at this point i don't i don't want to play a high school kid meanwhile all these people were in their 20s <laughs> and so were the fucking people in greece the original so it's like yeah uh, okay all the pink ladies are pretty much pointless there's one of them uh paulette is played by uh, lorna luft yes and she's judy garland's daughter Ah. so i thought that was interesting and she can actually she they, she has a couple of lines where she sings in this where she sings pretty good and i was like oh okay cool and then um, Stephanie, we start out the movie where she was or is sort of going out with, but really doesn't want to be, have anything to do with Johnny Nagarelli, who's head of the Greasers. And he's played by Adrian Zemed, who played Danny Zuko on Broadway, which is, I'm guessing, why he was cast in this. But he was also supposed to play Danny Zuko's cousin in the movie, but they scrapped that. We were supposed to have everybody related to everybody, and that didn't work out. We'll get to right. the, the real relative in this movie in just a second. But I did want to mention all the other greasers are pretty much pointless, except there's one named Goose, played by Christopher McDonald. 
Shooter McGavin. <laughs> Scott Scott did not recognize him at all. <laughs> God, he's so young here. Like, and yeah, every, this is one of his first films. And so. everything I know him in, Velma and Louise, Happy Gilmore. He's older, but he's always an asshole. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, Thelma and Louise, which we did on this show, was 10 years after this, so this is way earlier. But yeah, we meet, like, some other people. The, the One of the problems with this movie is that it's kind of bogged down by a lot of C-Squad, original Grease cast members. Like, they have the principal come back, and the gym teacher, and the nerdy kid, and then, like, who cares? And then they introduce these two teachers. One's, like, a really busty blonde lady, and one's Tab Hunter. And we're just like, oh, Hi. <laughs> hi guys you guys are here okay cool um speaking of people coming back from the first movie frenchie's in this movie for some reason and she's apparently there to introduce our main male character which we'll get to in a second but i found it weird that they brought frenchie back and introduced her in a way like oh she's going back to high school which i don't think you can just go back to high school when you're an adult like just go to classes and stuff like you have to take your ged i think but whatever fine suspension of disbelief i'm going back to high school to get my degree so i can start a skincare line like she's fucking (laughs) kim k and then they they completely drop that plot for her like halfway through the movie she disappears her yeah she like disappears halfway through the movie i don't know but she's there to introduce our male lead uh michael who's played by maxwell caulfield who um the only other thing i know him from is empire records he played rex manning rex manning day (laughs) i mean give the guy credit he's pretty hot (laughs) like he's really good looking He's a good male lead. Do I think he's a great singer? No, because the like one song he has by himself is like one of the worst songs in the show. <laughs> but it's fine. Um, you know, hot guys get away with more, I guess. But he's supposed to be Sandy's cousin, which is also weird because Sandy's Australian. And he's English. <laughs> but I guess they just figure it's all the same. Like an accent's an accent. Who gives a fuck about it's geography? Like, who cares? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's weird too because like, there's so many people that have this idea that Danny and Sandy are dead at the end of the first Grease. Yes. And like their car drives off into heaven or some shit. I don't know. But if you want to go canonically, right? This movie scrubs that because Frenchie says that she talked to Sandy and assured Sandy that she was going to watch after Michael. So Sandy apparently is not dead unless Frenchie like channeled the afterlife or something, right? Would it shock you if Frenchie tried to speak to the dead? Come on, let's talk. Let's talk that for real. Girl's a space cadet. <laughs> no shit. After her skincare line fails in the early '90s, she starts like a an online or like TV psychic hotline. Right, I that's can't. like her next thing. <laughs> Scott might be onto something here. If people can create their own lore, I'll create mine. <laughs> Why do they put her in this movie? She's fucking pointless. <sighs> Didn't you say that? Like you read something that. John Travolta and Olivia and John were supposed to come back. Yes. And then they didn't because they're smart. Well, right. yes. <laughs> uh, when they first pitched them to come back, they, they both declined. And then they were like, hey, well, if you guys just come back for a cameo at the very end of the movie where you guys own a gas station and our two <laughs> main characters drive up to you at the end of the movie. That's the dumbest thing. Ever. Right. And I'm like, so our two heroes from the first movie just end up owning a gas station yeah, that's like, it that's not really a great <laughs> love story man like sorry but no 
And also, that doesn't make sense because then why wouldn't Sandy look after Michael if she just lives like 20 minutes away <laughs> at the edge of town down the fucking road? Right. <laughs> selling meth out the back. <laughs> oh, my God. OK. <laughs> so we've got our cast pretty much uh, moving forward. <laughs> Our kind of start to the movie is that Stephanie, our head pink lady, she feels that she has outgrown her relationship with Johnny Nagarelli. And uh, she's, she dumps his ass. And then right when Michael comes on the scene, he immediately sees Michelle Pfeiffer and falls madly in love, which of course she would because she's Michelle Pfeiffer. But yeah, Frenchie tries to like warn him away from her because she's a pink lady and she belongs to the greasers, which is the T-Birds. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to talk about the T-Birds here. Sure. Let's do that. They suck. They, they do. Are, they're a bunch of pussies. They're not memorable. They meet an actual gang. <laughs> and they're like, we're, we're, we're tough. I'm like, they hide not. in the bowling alley. Right. Mind you, okay, like, the greasers from the original, they weren't, you know, knights in shining armor either. But, like, they wouldn't back down from a fight if that... Because it's no. the same fucking villain guy who's the biker from the first movie who's in this movie. I know we're joking, everybody looks 40, but, like, he looks like he's about 72 years old riding <laughs> on this motorcycle chasing after his kids. <laughs> but, yeah, they they all the guys just hide in the thing. And then, you know, spoiler alert... Michael comes magically on a motorcycle after learning how to ride yesterday and fights off all the bad guys and all the greasers are like he's not so tough it's like but where are you right now yeah they all suck here's my thing with Michael really fast though is he's he's there and he's supposed to be like a track and field star like that's his that's his main talent right is he's good at track and field and running they show him running at the very beginning and then they don't bring that shit up for the rest of the movie, which that's the best part about the Grease. I'm going to call it a franchise is this is a, a franchise about, hey, kids, don't be yourself. Change yourself into something fucking yes. toxic and terrible. So the toxic person you're in love with loves you back. And, it, you know, it, they do it hardcore in the first one, but I guess they wanted to, you know, OK, let's be kind of like pro uh, feminist here and flip the narrative and make it a dude who's trying to <laughs> make himself, you know, better for the, the chick. It's an interesting approach to that sequel idea. And at the same time, like I want to like that narrative, but it's just so transparent. I'm like, ah, I just can't get on yeah. with it. Maybe it was to make up for the whole Sandy thing that they tried to make Stephanie, this quote unquote feminist icon, this independent woman who really makes a stand and is like, what if I don't want to be somebody's chick? Right. Which is all well and good, but the movie's a romance, or it's supposed to be, right? And it's a shitty one, but it's supposed to be a romance. <laughs> and then by the end of the movie, she, spoiler alert, ends up with Michael, and then she's like, oh, but you just said you don't want to be... So and Okay, never mind. Okay, it's never fine. Mind. You go, it's girl. Good. <laughs> Let's just have us another song, finish it off. <laughs> Yeah, that, I, that gonna, whole ending from we're gonna talk about the fucking ending. That whole ending from the from the luau on. Is the ending is yeah. There's a fucking yeah. That's, you heard him right. There's a luau in this. Get ready. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, after the first day of school, right, 
the greasers immediately pick on Michael because he's a dork, right? And he meets Stephanie, like we said, and is smitten with her. That night, the whole crew is at the bowling alley because that's the hip and hopping place to be, right? <laughs> and um, in the we... most subtle song of the movie, well, no, it's not. They do a song called "Score Tonight." Which is one of those that, again, is too long, but it, it's got like an earworm, the chorus, that gets stuck in your head a little it's, bit. It's my favorite song of the movie. It's essentially saying, because Nagarelli now wants to fuck Paulette, because Stephanie dumped his ass. Right. And it's this weird love triangle throughout the movie that is really just, I don't care. <laughs> it's so stupid. I, I just want to get into the bowling nuns. Oh, yeah, they're <laughs> nuns. singing the song. <laughs> Who are you scoring with? Can, can we talk about <laughs> Oh, God. There's also one point where they dance with bowling balls. And they, like, it's so inconsequential. But they, like, throw these bowling balls around like, you know, right. like they're tennis balls. And it looks so stupid. Oh, we, we were laughing at one point because they're clapping with the bowling ball. I'm like, that yeah, would hurt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so after the score tonight song, Stephanie's arguing with Nagarelli. And she's like, I'm not your chick. I don't want to be anybody's chick. I could kiss anybody I want. I could kiss the next guy that walks in here. And then who do you think the guy is? It's Michael, who, by the way, brought a book with him about how to like interact with fellow right. children. Like right. he, he gave me that Steve Buscemi meme. <laughs> like, how do you do, fellow kids? Uh, but he walks in. Michelle Pfeiffer kisses him. The next day, he's all Twitter padded with her. And tries to ask her out, and she's she just rejects him multiple times. And it's like, do you have a habit of just kissing random men that walk into a room, lady? Like, well, not only that, we also get. I don't know why this song is so popular for like the entire movie because they play it multiple times. This fucking girl for all seasons song. Yes, they're really building up to it. The whole through line of this movie is this stupid talent show. Yes. Which Michael, keeping your brain case for later, kids, Michael is playing piano for everyone in the talent show. Everyone. He is the piano player. Just, I know it sounds like a tiny detail. It doesn't matter. Just keep it in your brain for later. Okay. <laughs> okay, here's, here's, here's my Michael bit right now. So, A. Yes, please. The dude's fucking gorgeous, right? Nerd yes, or not. You someone was going to jump this guy within a couple days of being to school, right? So the whole idea that he's a total nerd, whatever. Uh, I think the T-Birds are intimidated by his looks, but Michael brings such weird incel energy to this role, <laughs> right? Like, he, really he really, really does. And it just takes that moment where Stephanie kisses him where now he's like a man on a mission and the mission's kind of fucking ugly. Like the whole thing, it just gives me a, a, a bad taste in my mouth, but you, you skipped over the most bad taste in my mouth point of this movie. And that's the character of Dolores. Oh God. The little the girl that hangs out with the T birds and the pink ladies played by Pamela Adlin as a child who went on to do the voice of Bobby Hill on king of the hill that's my purse i don't know you and she's in that other show uh better thing she's done lots of stuff she's on the louis ck yeah, show she's really good I but love her. she's like what all of 13 
And she's out there hanging out, talking about getting laid and smoking and drinking. Yeah, I didn't get that. It's <laughs> like, why is this like, person what? here? <laughs> Who are we appealing to? I feel like she was supposed to be being babysat by one of the pink ladies, but instead I think of she's babysitting... supposed to be Paulette's sister. Yeah, and she just hangs. I don't know. It's weird. Because then the pink ladies and the greasers both leave, and then she's just sit- stuck there. She pays for their bowling. <laughs> she, right. She goes back on her skateboard. It's like, why Why is this person here? And now she has like this weird, like Natalie Portman, Jean Reno relationship with oh my Michael. God. With That's Michael. just kind of <laughs> icky. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then she disappears for a while too. Like she's not. And then she comes back at the end. To, I don't know. No one knows what to do with the side characters in this movie. There's too many of them. Well, then I read that there was a subplot. There was a subplot with her where she was actually supposed to be lusting after Michael the entire movie. Well, and that that's makes why sense. The, and she's got that line with him. She's like, oh, well, I'm going steady with this dude now. Yeah. But they thought it was too creepy. So they cut it out, which is why she fucks off for most of the movie. Yeah, that's probably for the best. Probably for the best. <laughs> like, oh, they actually did show some taste and judgment when making this because. <laughs> well, th- there's so many random. Yeah, she's a random side character. The two teachers. The, the, there's, the, there's the two teachers. I don't. I mean, I like Tab Hunter, but like, why are you here? <laughs> I don't know why you're here, dude. Because he needed a paycheck. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. <laughs> so now we get to probably the most popular song that came out of this movie because it was sung by. Michelle Pfeiffer, Cool Rider, which is basically another 10 minute long song about why she only wants to fuck guys that ride motorcycles. Well, it really is. Which doesn't make any sense because Johnny Nagarelli rides a motorcycle. Like the T Birds aren't yeah, but, like. But he's a pussy, Scott. He's a pussy. <laughs> but like, it's true. And that, that fro he sports. <laughs> Oh my god! The little curl. He's trying. He's trying so hard to be Danny Zuko with like the curl in the front. It's so bad. But yeah, Cool Rider is the song I, I've known for ages. But when you what wa- did you think it was from? I had no idea. I just thought it was a <laughs> random song. It used to be on my stepfather's beach playlist. Oh, okay, so, that makes sense. So All when right. we would drive to the beach, it was on a CD that he would put in, and I knew it from that. Right. So I always just had it as a beach song. Oh, yeah. Head. That's what I think when I hear it. <laughs> you were oh, like, again. oh, memory unlocked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but when she gets off the ladder after straddling it, which probably excited many men back in the day. Uh, it excited me yeah, last true. week. <laughs> <laughs> she gets off the ladder and walks out of the room. And like, okay, that's the end of the song. Cool. Nope. No, she just nope. keeps going. And it's like, honey, we get it. <laughs> That's my favorite part. And there's other kids around <laughs> just watching her like gyrate and flail around. It's like, babe, stop. Like she starts the song off trying to prove a point to Michael while they'll never be a couple, right? But then she like leaves the room. She fucks off and she just keeps singing her song. I'll be holding on tight to a cool rider. A cool rider. If he's cool. somehow even stranger but i guess it fits with the world we're in here of greece is that michael's response to this soliloquy about how she only wants a cool rider is okay so i'm just gonna be that (laughs) and it's like what do you mean honey 
what do you mean? You can't just because he starts selling term papers to the greasers so he can get money to buy a motorcycle and over like a montage he fixes up some janky ass motorcycle and he goes out into a field and starts practicing quote-unquote motorcycle and he's like you can't just do this in a day like what do you mean and then you know don't worry guys if you forgot that frenchie was in this movie don't worry she shows up right here to help him practice she's hiding in the woods like why are you here frenchie and she waits until he biffs it to go announce her presence to him you know yeah she's like michael what are you doing can we not skip over the fact that michael is staying in his uncle's atomic bomb shelter you have to explain that because there is a bomb shelter and there is references to like cold war shit like why are we referencing cold war in greece first of all second of all why does a whole ass sequence of this film which it's gross and we'll talk about it but why does the whole song take place in a bomb shelter in greece like what is this i do love because this seemed to happen a lot in like 80s random teen movies teens breaking into other people's places and trying to have sex in them right it's like a horror movie trope like this is michael's uncle's bomb shelter that one of the greaser t-birds tries to go have sex with his girlfriend in oh my god okay so let's just talk about that because it's a total detour from the story so when we'll talk about this we'll get back to the actual story so yeah there's a whole song oh god i don't want to talk about this it's it's called let's do it for our country (laughs) and the premise of the song i fucking shit you not is one of the greasers Antonio has his head in his hands he doesn't want to do okay wait okay let me try to get through this without dying okay so the premise of this song i can't fucking believe this one of the greasers takes his girlfriend one of the pink ladies down into michael's uncle's bomb shelter okay okay and then two of the other fucking beatniks are outside the door and they start playing like an alarm like a a nuclear siren alert yeah Yeah. they lock the door and then the guy the guy (laughs) starts singing this song called let's do it for our country because the world might end because bombs and shit and you have to fuck me (laughs) before we all die in a right you don't want to die a virgin do you fucking (laughs) incident so it's very rapey and very gross and i want to die and thankfully the the jig is up before anything happens but why why did the people the fact that you said antonio that they cut out a lot of the little girl character in this movie because it was too creepy right (laughs) but they kept this song in it's insane it's it's patriotic i don't know like she's all against it at first (laughs) she's all against it at first but then he's like convincing her he's like well what if we have to uh you know keep on fighting the war and she's wrapping him with bandages while he's taking off her clothes like i don't know what's happening (laughs) she's putting like the army man helmet on him like she's like into it Oh, it's so wrong. It was so uncomfortable. It's very <laughs> icky. And it doesn't even, when I say it's a detour, I mean, it doesn't fucking matter because I don't even remember the fucking people's names and the fucking, I don't know. Who cares? Who cares? They're nobody. Well, does that take us to our next gross and rapey song? <laughs> What's the next? The main no. gross and rapey song. 
Oh, proud? oh no! Did we do? We didn't do reproduction yet. We didn't oh, we we do reproduction yet. <laughs> we didn't do reproduction yet because that's another fucking detour song that doesn't fucking do anything for the plot. It, it's they're in science class and Tab Hunter's teaching a lesson about flowers, <laughs> and pollen, and shit. And <laughs> the zooms in this song. It's so weird. There are so many weird zooms that I'm like, why are we zooming in on like people's fa-? like they they cut they zoom in on Tab Hunter's face. I'm like, why are we doing this? Yeah, I don't I don't know why this is and like you think because like ten minutes ago we did the bowling song, which wasn't exactly subtle, but it was innuendo y sexy things, right? This one right. they're just straight up singing about fucking <laughs> in school. Right. And it's like, wait, why are you doing this? Mental stration. Men- Shut Mental- the fuck up. <laughs> Johnny Nagarelli is a piece of shit. He calls. Never mind. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the song is so. And I don't understand because, like, okay, in musicals in general, right? As the resident musical nerd here, you can have songs that are just fun songs that don't necessarily relate to the plot, but are like fun group songs that everyone can do. But when you just did one, and it wasn't great, but it was fine. It was passable. Antonio said it was the best of the movie. <laughs> Therefore, it's good. You're fine. You don't have to do any other sex songs. Can I read some lyrics? The, the, the first chorus of the reproduction, the lyrics, is reproduction... Put your pollen tube to work. Reproduction, make my stamen go berserk. Reproduction, I don't think they even know what a pistol is. I got your pistol right here. Reproduction, where does the pollen go? Christ. (laughs) And it, it just gets better. At one point somewhere in this movie, Michelle Pfeiffer just looks over it. Like, she seems, like, really into it for a little bit. And then, like, halfway through the movie, she's like, fuck, we're still going here? Like, that's literally, yeah. I would assume that's what they all felt every fucking song. They had to fucking shoot. And I don't know if they're trying to, like, throughout the movie, give little hints that, like, Stephanie actually likes Michael because also whenever they interact she's an asshole to him but then once in a while they'll have her give like a little look to him and it's like okay what are we trying to convey here because at some point they actually interact and like bond the tiniest bit and then after that point we're supposed to assume that they're in love like she's in love with him now and it's like this whole time you've been treating him like an asshole it's I don't know because in the original Greece Danny Zuko at times treated sandy like an asshole but it was explained because he wanted to look tough in front of his friends and then when he was alone with her he was normal so the romance uh, between (laughs) between michael and stephanie doesn't make any sense and it could very easily make sense because they're both very hot put two hot people together make them sing a song and they're in love like that's fine that'll pass for musical people but you, you can't even do that, right? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> so we got to go back to the bowling alley where Michael becomes our cool rider. Yes. After practicing the motorcycle for a whopping 48 hours, he now has developed the skills with a Z to, <laughs> to take on this motorcycle gang led by a 77-year-old man 
while all the actual greasers who actually ride motorcycles are hiding in the bowling alley and all the girls are watching and they're ooing and eyeing and oh my god there's a line okay there's it, it's all done in a song called who's that guy right and one of the greasers in the fucking song says the words oh he's wearing goggles he looks like he's from outer space that i'm paraphrasing but that's the line in the song and like hysterical outer space you should be wearing goggles on your fucking motorcycle if you think they look like you're from outer space bro like what are you talking about he's wearing a helmet they don't fucking wear helmets oh like there's that line in the song and then there's another line where michael who's now driven up onto a car roof on his motorcycle right that's go, definitely then says the chorus level of shit. the line like he says who's that guy i'm like you <laughs> you motherfucker <laughs> you, <dude. laughs> so yeah we're doing a superman thing now where no one knows who this guy is because he has goggles and a helmet on okay stephanie's turned on so she goes to talk to the cool rider and i didn't know if like because i hadn't seen this movie in a while so i was like does he put on a voice like christian bale style to hide who he is and i was trying to remember and then he just talks in an american accent yeah <laughs> that's how he disguises himself like, i'm cool writer i know i was like dying. doing the batman voice like literally that i would have found that much funnier but no he just puts on an american accent and that's how he hides who he is okay <laughs> well he definitely gets stephanie fired here fired from where from her job at this gas station oh at the gas station yeah because after oh, that yeah. he goes to the gas station to, oh he she works at the gas station yeah. we didn't need yeah. danny and danny so yeah she works uh, the next day he goes to the gas station to pick her up and they go on this ride the entire time he never says his name she never asks <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing the goggles and the helmet the whole time they're making out on the bike and he's still wearing the goggles and the helmet and not once like you can look into the goggles when you're making out with somebody and see that it's the guy that you've been like blue balling for however long he's been at the school like <laughs> you know what i mean like it's so stupid <laughs> he drops her back off at the gas station at the end of the night as if she's just gonna like go back to work i don't know what <laughs> he was thinking but he drops her off she still hasn't asked this guy's name yet <laughs> he goes to take off his helmet and his goggles from outer space and <laughs> reveal his identity and then the greasers show up and i know they're not called the greasers they're, they're the t-birds but i'm just gonna keep calling them the greasers <laughs> You all know what I'm talking about. If, if, if the T-Birds from the first movie saw these T-Birds, they would just they would beat, beat the, the shit, shit out, out of them. them. Right. Like, Are you imagine, imagine Kaniki seeing these guys. Kaniki yeah. would kill these people. Fuck that. But yeah, Nagarelli shows up and he's pissed off that she's like hooking up with this random guy. And then Paulette's mad because Johnny's mad. And then the pink lady's all leaving a huff. And then we get the shitty like grease lightning diet shitty substitute <laughs> called prowlin <laughs> which is a great name for a song about a bunch of guys trying to get chicks right <laughs> which the idea of the song like because they talk about it and then we get the silhouette of women in like a grocery store having jobs getting prowled at at the grocery store you're like we love sexual harassment in the workplace <laughs> like, well yeah it's like Essentially, what they're saying is like, well, we're not going to mess with you high school girls. 
We're going to go prowling right. for MILFs is essentially right. is what they're saying. But what I love about this, though, is like you can directly compare Prowlin to Grease Lightning from the original and see what's wrong with this movie. Because <laughs> Prowlin is a much slower pace. It's much longer. The whole frame is this white background and them dancing. And then for like a bunch of it, they're just circling the street lamp in the corner of the frame. And you're like, yeah. okay, do we really need to... Okay, and then compare it to Grease Lightning, which is like really upbeat and fun and like really well choreographed and lots of flashy shit going on. So that's basically the direct comparison between Grease and Grease 2 right there. Well, these T-Birds are wannabes. Like, they're T-Birds name only. Okay, the T-Birds in the original movie, while I would say are tougher than these guys, they weren't exactly like, you know, they, they were kind of like little... They had a street mushy race in too. a fucking... Um, right, yes. They, they, Against know. the 77 year old guy. Yes. Who at that point was what, like in 72? The, in high school with them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I actually looked that guy up. Dennis Stewart's his name, and he was 36 when he made this movie. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> that's insane, dude. That's like the bully from uh, Christine. The bully. Oh, yeah, 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 the bully from that. Oh, my God. He looks like he's 52. Yeah. So, yeah, Michael fucks off after the T-Birds try to be smart asses to oh, him. Oh, but he does drop the hint. He goes, I'll see you at the talent show. Right. He's like, I'll see you tomorrow at the talent show. And Michelle Pfeiffer's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh what do you mean how do you know about that man it's almost like you go to my school or something so johnny wants to like beat the shit up out of michael which <laughs> he could never and then um <laughs> the next day back at school stephanie has finally decided to give michael the time of day um when he offers to like tutor her in english i think mm -hmm. and they sit they have one scene together in a diner and we're now supposed to believe that she's Twitter padded for him, too. And she's so conflicted about, does she love the cool writer that she doesn't even know his name? Or does she love this kid who she's been, like, stonewalling for the whole movie until right now? He said some big words and now she's, like, hot for him. <laughs> I don't know. They don't have any chemistry besides the fact that they're both hot. <laughs> right. That's it. Which, I mean, I've seen worse, but it's not great. <laughs> Let's face it, this relationship is ending after high school. Well, yeah, but I mean, this let's be real. Over. Did you really think that Danny and Sandy were going to get married after they drove, flew away in their car? <laughs> no. No. I thought they were They're dead. They're dead. <laughs> right. They're dead. <laughs> Sandy's a ghost. <laughs> but that night's the talent show. Oh, we get uh, Michael's stupid song where he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. It's, what's it? Charades, it's called. Oh, I got to stop playing these charades i don't know it's so bad it's it's like his version of stranded at the drive-in but not good <laughs> it's like they try to give maxwell caulfield a sandy song like uh, yeah. like danny zuko sandy and he just shit the bed because it was like all falsetto and all bad and it's like what are you doing to this guy but we're supposed to believe that they're both conflicted now, Stephanie and Michael. Because Michael doesn't know if Stephanie will like him for him or just for being a cool rider. And Stephanie's like, I don't know if I like the cool rider or if I I don't even know who he is. I just know he rides a motorcycle. Do I like Clark Kent or do I like Superman? Right. Essentially, that's the movie. <laughs> and th that's where we're at. So then we go to the talent show. And, of course, Michael shows up as the cool rider and immediately gets chased off by the greasers 
the pink ladies including stephanie get in the car and chase after them because stephanie's like oh my god johnny's gonna kill him and it's like really honey no he's <laughs> okay not. <laughs> are you really that concerned he took on a whole fleet of motorcycle guys just by himself but you're worried about he, that you're worried about johnny Nagarelli <laughs> is gonna fuck him up okay whatever man but we get this i don't even know it kind of reminded me of like the scene in Lost Boys where they're riding in the motorcycles. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it wants to be that epic, but it's not at all. And they chase Michael to a construction site and he flies over a fucking cliff and disappears. And everyone's like, oh my God, he's dead. He's and this dead. is the point in the movie where I'm like, what? what okay, off to the talent show. Like they just leave. <laughs> <laughs> they all just leave. And I'm like, you think he's dead though like you don't want to i like i get you don't want to get in trouble but like you can drive away and call the police you're not gonna peek in the cliff you can like do something <laughs> i don't know no nothing okay cool so he's dead now <laughs> and remember remember when i said keep it in your brain case for later that michael is the piano player for this fucking talent show i do remember <laughs> the talent show's happening and Michael's not there because he's supposedly dead at the bottom of a ravine. <laughs> and somehow, somehow this the show must go on, I guess. But no one asked where Michael was. <laughs> and and we get after this whole talent show sequence, we go further on into graduation, and no one has asked where this kid is. <laughs> Frenchie has no idea where he is. Well, Frenchie's gone. Frenchie, <laughs> Frenchie has... is nowhere to be found. She got <laughs> written only... out of the script. <laughs> Frenchie yeah. also fell off the ravine. <laughs> he was on the bike with him. Not <laughs> flying. But not only that, so our T birds <laughs> may have just committed manslaughter. Let's Correct. go with that. And then they go and sing a fucking doo wop song. They go like... sing a doo wop song. <laughs> but then they also go and like slyly maybe kidnap three people as they don't well kidnap they just tie him to the shower it's oh, fine <laughs> i think tying three people against their will to a thing probably would it's be like imprisonment just imprisonment prison. it's fine compared to manslaughter that's nothing anyway <laughs> so they get the talent show the the girls all they do their man for all seasons number which is so stupid i don't care i don't even know i don't remember anything about it but then <laughs> you guys it goes into the most melodramatic love song between michelle pfeiffer and the cool rider because remember she still doesn't know it's michael so she's singing this heavenly duet with her dead kind of sort of boyfriend who she uh, again doesn't know his fucking name <laughs> doesn't know what he fucking looks like and they say what's the name of the damn song love will turn back the hands of time and like the whole song is about how much they love each other. I, excuse me. So you left him at the bottom of the ravine, didn't do anything, but you love him so much and you want your love to stand the test of time. I don't understand. I don't understand, bitch. I don't understand. I don't understand. So then they win the fucking talent well, show. Well, <laughs> because yay. Murder is great. I, I do. <laughs> Murder is like, great. What the fuck? I know what you did last summer. <laughs> so, like, literally, that's what it should turn into. There should have been a cut to the audience. Love oh yeah. Back the hands of time. She has a total break with reality. Because is she just singing both parts? Is she singing both her part and Michael's part True. in reality? Like, 
the clouds aren't around her in reality. Right. In the movie, it breaks from the big number and then she sings a duet. But in reality, obviously, Michael's not there. So who is she? That's true. She just has a fucking psychotic break, but it's fine. (laughs) She likes singing her part and then she's just silent. But yeah, didn't you feel the love between them in that beautiful duet? Didn't you feel like it was a timeless love that was being cut short? Yeah, it was palpable. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. It was so melodramatic. I can't imagine anyone watching that actually thought he was dead, though. And we then, after the talent show, cut to the graduation luau, which is Uh, so fun. And then (laughs) so much fun. The Rockahula luau. Um, We have the gang show up again. Oh, yes. The 77 year old gang. gang. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they show up, they start causing havoc, and then finally the cool rider shows up without sleeves this time. I wanted that to be pointed Did out. Did he not have sleeves? He didn't have sleeves. He just so had he... a sleeveless jacket on? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay, we're really going bold. Okay, cool. He he starts kicking ass. <laughs> and then, yeah, the cool rider's there, and he takes off his helmet, and it's Michael. Oh, my God, it's crazy. And then <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer's like... No, it's cool. I got two for the price of one, meaning the cool writer and Michael. This part afterwards infuriates me for some reason. Yeah. Johnny Nagarelli now gets all tie and mighty like he's going to be tough and he's going to go punch Michael in the face. Right. Oh, this is so dumb. Christ. And Michael's standing his ground and they're, they're holding Johnny back. And then Johnny goes, get off me. Get off me. Give me a jacket. You're a T-bird now. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Excuse me? Like, first of all, and it doesn't make any sense because when Stephanie and Michael were at the diner, kind of sort of like maybe not really flirting, but we were supposed to believe they were flirting and they like each other. And she told him, I can't be with you because you're not a T-bird because the pink ladies can only be with T-birds. So the whole bullshit thing that she said earlier about, I don't want to be anybody's chick, bunch of hooey, hooey, I tell you. Yeah. This is where all the people that defend this movie and how it's like, more pro-feminist and a stronger <laughs> female character. This is where they literally walk face first into the, the contradictory point. Right, because then like... she gets with Michael at the end, after, you know, right before the big finale right. song. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> and yeah, she's like, I got two for the price of one. Now you're a T-bird, so now I can make out with you. She was so close. It would have been okay if they still got together, but the addition of nagarelli making him a fucking t-bird as if giving stephanie his blessing apparently i guess maybe to like be with michael it's weird it's a weird addition that doesn't need to be there the dumbest fucking part about this whole scene is that graduation is over high school is done this is a high school clique that literally only exists in high school so this is really just kind of like congratulatory it doesn't mean shit that's true i didn't even think of that like people are going off to college or whatever becoming burdens on society but it's all bullshit they're graduated there's no reason for this anymore not only that but you tried to kill him you tried to kill him days ago you really you really did that you thought he was dead (laughs) you didn't do shit you know, the fact that you didn't take your helmet off, Michael, and was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's on you, bro. No one, no one <laughs> called the police? Like, <laughs> I fell off a fucking cliff, bro. Like, 
<laughs> the oh god Ugh. and then it's only just doured and soured more by the last song we'll be together <laughs> so clearly we're trying to ape off of greece obviously because we're greece too but the end song of greece was again it's like a perfect comparison of what's wrong with this movie the ending song of greece was upbeat yes you had danny and sandy potentially dying as they flew up into the sun with their car but it was like upbeat and we're all friends we're all in this together i'm sensing a theme here (laughs) but this song is again longer than it needs to be it's supposed to be the song where like everybody couples up which in itself is a problem because the fucking bunker couple are still together for some strange reason but it's fine (laughs) whatever i'm not worried about it and then nagarelli's with paulette whatever who cares it's just awkward and slow but like we're also trying to be uplifting there's one point where they're all walking in a line like arm in arm together like in the original but it's a slow song so it looks so stupid yeah it's boring it looks too ridiculous and then like all the guys are spinning the girls while also trying to sing and it looks so it just looks so awkward the whole song and then yeah that's how we end the movie then it just goes into like oh we graduated well, closing credits and then that's the, that's uh, well, the end of the movie and well, it's like we left on such a weird note well, i don't know what don't happened. forget the the random jumping freeze frames like we're in a fucking sitcom oh for the closing credits yeah <laughs> it also seems like something you would do if the end of song was upbeat that's like a upbeat yay, right we graduated but it just it's so slow and awkward i'm like what is happening <laughs> This movie sucks. <laughs> it's listen, it sucks, but like I I still think I still stand by it's so bad it's good. And here's why. It's campy as fuck, right? And it's it's trying to do something and failing so miserably. But there are good songs, not good songs. There are good, there are songs that are catchy <laughs> and funny. And I would say if you were to ever watch Grease 2, which I wouldn't go like seeking it out necessarily, unless like, like you're like a big musical fan or a big Grease fan. Even then I would say don't seek it out. But if you did, if you <laughs> did watch it, I would watch it with somebody. I wouldn't watch it by myself because that just seems sad and boring. But if you watch it with a person, this is one of those movies that I really enjoyed watching Scott watch the movie. <laughs> okay, I'll agree with you on that. Like this is a movie that, you play it at like a repertory theater where people show up just to shit on it as a group. Yeah, that's great. I think there is enough energy in the movie to make that a fun experience. I would probably do that, but no, this isn't just weekend viewing for me. Like I'm not just going to put no, this on. This isn't a like, let's <laughs> sit down and get some popcorn and watch a great movie. No, but I think it's, I think it's fun, bad. Cause you can make fun of so much in it. You can make fun of pretty much every aspect of this movie. I don't know. So for for me, where I've had a lot more fun with this one than with Popeye is seeing how people are so stone cold and defending it. Like there's lots of people who defend Popeye, but the people who stand up for Popeye are nowhere as near as aggressive as the Grease 2 fanatics. So while we've been talking, I've been like scrolling through the In Defense of Grease 2 pages on Reddit. They are literal fights and wars being had on Reddit about why this movie is the best and why it sucks. And the thing I see consistently is they say that this really is more of a feminist movie, that it it treats its female characters with more respect than the first one. 
And then there's people saying, okay, we're not talking about the message. Do you really think the songs are better? Do we really think the film is better? Do we really think the characters are better? Take all of the political or cultural talking points out and just talk about the songs in the movie and people just won't back down. Like, no, the songs are better. No, they're not. The no, characters are better. Stop. No, they're not. It. It's funnier. No, it's not. Like- no, not in a real way. If you sat down and watch Grease, like you can sit down and just enjoy watching Grease. But like this, I feel like would be funner if you were drunk. Yeah, this is a drinking yeah. movie yeah, for it's sure. A drinking, a drinking movie. game would be fun to do. Every time this film is sexually inappropriate, take a Drink shot. Every you time know? you think the song should end. Right. <laughs> You'll be fucking shit faced like halfway in. I tell you what, I've been going to karaoke bars for like twenty years, right? I've never mm-hmm. heard anyone sing a song from Greece too. Yeah, no. I'll hear Summer Lovin' or the Sandra D song or of Beauty course. School Dropout. You'll hear all the standards from Greece One anytime you go to a karaoke bar. I've never yes. heard anyone sing any of these fucking songs. Like you can't don't tell argue me. That the songs are better you can't. than Greece. You can't. That's absurd. That's a crazy argument. Well, not only that, but like, at least Greece has like a little subtlety. Like, I mean, a little. Uh, yeah. Okay. This is just like this doesn't have any. That's true. This really is like the C Squad of Greece coming together to make a movie. Where is Frenchie? Did Frenchie come back at the end? Nope. Frenchie's gone. Did she really not? Nope. So according to the trivia on this. There were so many script corrections throughout the process that they actually forgot to write Frenchie an ending. And so she's like, are you guys using me anymore? Because I'm not just hanging out in my trailer or whatever for the next month while you figure out what to do with me. And so she just left. And so they just didn't write anything for her. So she literally just fucks off. I mean, good for her. No, you're worth. Like literally her, her last scene in the movie Michael, she's sitting there in the chemistry lab. Oh, right. Michael goes to Michelle Pfeiffer and goes, hey, have you read the latest Superman comic? Well, which is uh, was so bad. <laughs> she told him, tell her, tell her the truth of who you really are. And then he shit the bed. And that was it. That was the scene. Yeah, that's so stupid. <laughs> what the fuck? What the- it's so clear to when you watch the movie that they did not have a script together. Um, so what what did we rate this out of five, guys? <laughs> I have it as a two. Before I had it as a one and a half, and I bumped it up to a two because I really I had fun rewatching it just for the sa- sake of so bad it's goodness. I guess I have it as a one and a half. That's fine. It's one of those things like have the songs been stuck in my head since I watched it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, unfortunately. I've 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 looked at Frankie a couple times this week and gone, where does the pollen go? I want to vomit. <laughs> I hate it so much. It sucks. It's so bad. Ugh. I had to jump on my letterbox to make sure that I wasn't lying, and I did give it a one, only because <laughs> zero is not an option on letterbox. So <laughs> you could have gave it half, half a star. Oh God! So wait, Antonio. I have to know. We have to have this fight. So is this better or worse than Popeye? Oh, it's so much worse. Is it's it so really? much worse. Popeye had some, at least the attempt of fun. This has an attempt of fun. I had zero fun with this movie. 
This movie is looking at itself in the mirror and saying, you are fun. I don't care what anyone else says. You are fun. You hear me? You're good. You're good. Um, so next week on Shoot the Flick, well, actually, we're not doing anything next week. We're off next week. And ah. then we come back for the Oscars. Oh, joy or rapture. So that'll be fun. As of this point, we haven't watched all the best picture movies yet, but I'm sure we will by the time the Oscars come around. So wish us luck. <laughs> I want to thank Antonio for once again gracing our airwaves and thankfully not hating us too much for making him watch this movie. <laughs> How deep can we go? What's the next two movies we'd share with each other? No, like, let's try to do a good one next does time. Does it get deeper than this? I don't think we can go deeper. I, I think we have to climb yeah. out of the darkness now. Let's try to turn it around next time. <laughs> do something nice for each other. 100%. Uh, so one more chance I want to give you to plug all of your stuff before we say so long. Right. So I think this comes out before mine. So tune into the Cultworthy Cinema podcast. Uh, the first episode in March will be the Popeye episode with Scott and Frankie. Had a great time doing that. And then you can just find all my other shows on the cultworthy.com. It's got links to all of the programs that I do, as well as my blogs and reviews and stuff, and then links to all of my favorite guests, like Shoot the Flick, in my Cultworthy Partners page. And yeah, just thank you for having me on. It was a blast. Of course. We'll definitely do this again in a nicer environment, yeah. <laughs> cinematically. Yeah. So until our Oscar episode, this has been Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. I'm Scott Eisenberg. And that was Antonio, of course. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick and check out all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back in a couple of weeks for our golden cinematic movie adventure. Where does the pollen no, go? No, stop it. I don't want it anymore. <laughs>